after I say, hey guys, what are you gonna what are you gonna I say? I think I'm gonna say just hola bienvenidos. Okay. Keep it simple. Not que pasa raza. That's not. Que pasa raza. It's a little too much. <laughs> so yeah. you say hey guys, hola bienvenidos, and I'll say nothing. You get to say nothing, JJ. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. Hola, bienvenidos. My name is Nicole Foy. I'm JJ Saldana. And I'm Rebecca DeLeon. And you're listening to The Latino Card. This is our new podcast. It's our first episode. And so we just kind of want to talk about what this podcast is, you know, what we're about and, um, you know, why we think it matters that we're making a podcast called The Latino Card. And who wants to jump into that one? (laughs) Well, our very first conversation was why we're going to use the word Latino and not Latinx. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a good conversation to get started. I think a lot of people don't know the significance of the word Latinx because it's a fairly new word. Mm -hmm. So Latinx, obviously, it's a term that has become popular in recent years to make the word Latino gender neutral. So Spanish is a very gendered language. So if you have in Spanish, if you have a group of women, um, you would call them Latinas. If you have one guy in that group, it then turns into Latinos. And so it's very heavily gendered toward the masculine. And so kind of um, in a way to create more space for the LGBT community, I think the first iteration of gender neutral was the arroba, which is Spanish for the at symbol. Arroba just sounds way cooler than at symbol. (laughs) So they use the arroba. It's kind of an A and an O put together. Like they're sort of fluidly the same thing. And so, but then nobody knew how to like pronounce it. Like how do you you say Latinao or Latina or Latino or how do you, so that was really confusing to people. And then when you read, if it's written, when you read it, the arroba is so confusing and it slows down the reading. So I think kind of then in response to that, they tried the X. But then now people are saying there's kind of issues with the X because the X is actually very um, geared toward English. So, I mean, there's so much history that we could dive into. Latino, even as a word, is an American word. It doesn't exist outside of the United States. So I think Latin X is a very interesting way because the, the sound X doesn't exist in Spanish. And so, again, when you're reading things in Spanish, Latinx, they don't know how to pronounce that. The X is supposed to say, like an H, huh. So you say Latin, huh. And then also, like, how do you use it when you're um, talking about plurals, like los niños? It would be L-X-S-N-I-N-Y-X-S, and it doesn't make sense. And then how do you pronounce that? And then, again, it still kind of just slows down the reading. And so... It's a, not a perfect science. I think people um, have good intentions with trying to be more inclusive. But we specifically chose Latino because it's just standard Spanish. And we still felt that we, as two women and, and one man, we still felt that using Latino, we, we all still feel represented in that. And so we know it's we're going to be hated on because it's not really progressive according to um, the standards out there. Um, but you know what? We're okay with it. <laughs> Say bring it on. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things is, is, you know, like as a reporter, like I'm not really allowed to use like let, let, let next yet. Like not like, you know, I get yelled at if I use it, but it's not, you know, I have to follow something called AP style, which is like standard guidelines for all, you know, for all newspapers to use. And it's not made into the AP style book yet. You know, I will use it in quotes when people say it or, and, um, but it's in like, if it's in a title or a name, but 
right now I have to say the word Latino. Like, that's just the way it works. I mean, sometimes people don't even like the fact that we use Hispanic instead of Latino. Well, and so Hispanic's there's, more yeah, of a government word. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's another thing because it was what created for the census, I think, yeah. or something like that. But I think I've, I've caught myself now using Latinx more, but mm-hmm. it depends on who... Especially when I'm getting yeah. interviewed, mm-hmm. it depends who's interviewing depends, me yeah, on, um, on that. And I've noticed that, you know, working with the Hispanic community, mm-hmm. the older generation does not yeah. want to switch over yet. And um, so when even when you say it, they're like, what is that? A lot of a lot of the older folks out there haven't heard it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I've, and I've heard some people and like this is definitely not I don't think this is a fair criticism of it. But I also say some heard some people say that it's kind of like it's almost like an elitist like they, they take offense to it as a, as in Latinx as an elitist thing. And like, again, that's not why we chose not to do it, but you know, yeah, like not every, like not everybody has even been exposed to speaking like that. It definitely would probably make things easier if everyone was, but it's, it's it's not quite mainstream yet. So well, and just earlier today, I I told somebody I'm like, well, maybe you should, we should start using the term Latinx, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, no. <laughs> and so I mean, I mean, people don't want to change their ways. So. Yeah. I kind of I like it because it's an all inclusive of everybody, but mm-hmm. I I get it because I, I mean, we've been saying Latino Latina for generations yeah. and generations. So, well, I do think we kind of miss the part where we're supposed to talk about what this podcast is really about. So one of the main reasons um, why we're doing this podcast, we wanted to make sure that this podcast does two things in particular, which is um, elevate Latino voices in Idaho, and then also discuss. Idaho issues through a Latino lens, because those are both things that are very important to not just our community, but also everybody else in Idaho. Like, you know, especially because something that the three of us talk about a lot is that Latinos in Idaho care about the same things that other Idahoans care about. And so, and so if you kind of, if, if you only talk to Latinos or bring in the Latino expectations, perspective when you're talking about immigration or the border wall or I mean honestly I can't even think of something besides immigration because that's that's usually the only thing you know that Latino voices like sought to weigh in on you know you're missing a huge aspect of our community and also just you know just from personal experiences that like you know Latinos in Idaho they care about education they care about health care they care yes. about what's going you know what their government is doing with their money you know and so and those those are all things that I think a lot of Idahoans would say they're very concerned about it's like we're so much more than immigration what do you guys well, we, think well I've had people tell me that you know Hispanic parents don't care about their child's education and every time they tell me this I'm like bring me one parent who does not care about their child's yeah. education That's what and, they, and they and then they just stand there dumbfounded like what do you mean bring you something like a lot of people think that because they're not showing up to parent-teacher conferences they don't care they don't realize that a lot of these people work non-traditional hours and are are not able to take time off work to go mm-hmm. to these and so i think there's a lot of cultural training that needs to happen around the state um but you know and i think the media has a lot to be should be able to be um, educate a lot of our community that mm-hmm. way, and that's kind of what I really like about this idea of this podcast, the Latino card. Um, we called it specifically the Latino card too, because we are always accused of um, pulling the race card when we try to talk about issues that are relevant to Latinos. And I think that a lot of people, especially here in Idaho, um, a very sort of pervasive way of thinking is, oh, well, we're all the same, and that's true. We are all, we're all 
people. And I am um, extremely smart, (laughs) which means that if I apply for a job and I am qualified for that job, I should be considered equally as anybody else who would be qualified for that job. We are not treated equally. Um, And so therefore, our experience walking the streets in this state is not the same. This country is built for a certain kind of person. So, um, and we are not that kind of person. So, I mean, just a small example is what JJ just mentioned. Like, Latino parents, more often than not, they work low-wage jobs. And so they, you know, maybe they can't show up to a PTA meeting or whatever um, because, they, you know, things are built for a certain kind of person. I am an able-bodied person, so I don't walk around looking for wheelchair ramps. And I don't walk around, you know, um, thinking all the time about, well, how is a blind person going to navigate the inside of this building? Because I don't have to live that reality. There's so many microcosms in our day-to-day lives that make our experience different. And that's what we need to recognize and address because that's where the racism comes in. And so this podcast is going to address exactly that. We have a different perspective because we're the same people, but we have a different experience. And so um, that perspective is unique. And it's we're really just trying to bridge the gap between Latinos and non-Latinos. That is really, I think, the the core of each of our passions and each of the work that the three of us do is we're trying to bridge that gap. We're trying to tell, you know, non-Latinos in the state, this is how the Latino, um, you know, kind of perspective or like the Latino lens looks like that they may not have considered just because that's not their walk of life. And at the same time, we're trying to help our Latino people realize that we do have a voice and we do matter because so many messages are thrown at us that tell us that we do not matter, that we should leave, that we don't belong here. Um, you know, and th- we very much internalize that as a community. And so, you know, that's why this this podcast is kind of twofold in how we're trying to approach this. She wasn't lying about being the smart one. Right. Man. Like, <laughs> gosh. I'm going to make you and me sound dumb, JJ. Okay, guys. Settle okay. down. Well, I mean, and there's been, so there's been a lot of issues, especially in the last few months since, you know, we've been talking about doing this podcast that we now look back and say, gosh, it would have been really great to have a podcast at this moment in time to yep. d- discuss this story. You know, and these are things that, you know, went all over the state, went all over the nation. And um, it was something that, I think some of these, you know, some of these like recent news stories were definitely something that could have used a lot more Latino voices in the media, in the, you know, the national and state conversation. So like, for example, the teacher, the Middleton teachers wearing um, the costumes um, as a border wall and stereotypical Mexican costumes. Um, you know, when Ivanka, Ivanka Trump came to um, a very heavily Latino school district in Wilder, um, you know, of course, like there were a lot, you know, like this is not to, you know, jump on any like local media coverage of these issues because, you know, I do know that, I mean, I covered this and interviewed JJ and JJ was interviewed by a lot of people, um, especially <laughs> about Middleton, but it could have been really helpful to have a little bit of a stronger Latino perspective on these things. And, you know, Idaho's not California and Texas. You know, we don't have a huge, like, comparatively, like, Latino population um, where maybe they, um, Latinos are are more, like, pulled into, like, that mainstream conversation. So hopefully this can kind of prompt that um, a little bit. Just, I don't know, what do you guys think? No, I think you're absolutely right, too. And it, it is significant that we um, as Latinos were 13% of the population, which means that 
except for maybe 1%. The rest of it is Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And it's a very young population. So if you look at the Latino population in Idaho, it's 24 years and younger. And so, you know, we're building our population compared to the non-Latino population here in Idaho. So, you know, 10, 20 years, we're going to be a major force. Yeah, and but it's it's easy just kind of also bringing that back to what Nicole had said. Um, it's easier here in a state that's very homogenous compared to a lot of other states to really kind of dismiss what they could consider a small percentage of the state, but really we are a significant percentage of the state. 13% is nothing to just ex- just dismiss, and we are the future, like you said, JJ. We're young, we're building here, we, we have our community here, we have our roots here, we want to contribute to society, and we shouldn't be pushed aside. And you say we have, we're 13%, we're 13%, and that's true, but if you go to certain districts, especially school right. districts, you like I said, we're a young population, so a lot of these school districts have 50% or more in their schools, and so they're seeing it a lot more, especially a lot of the rural areas here in Idaho. Idaho, um, you'll see where certain towns that you before weren't maybe 10 years ago weren't even that high and now you're seeing them at 50% 60% school population I get calls all the time from teachers saying how do I deal with this all of a sudden I went from one or two Hispanic students to now I have a classroom full of it and I don't know how to communicate with the parents I don't know how to commu- and a lot of them just assume that the parents don't speak English I've had calls where um, they're like, well, I didn't call that parent because I didn't have an interpreter. And the parent's like, I speak English. And so they don't know. <laughs> so. I also feel like we, um, like something that we also need to address is just the fact that obviously we're not trying to be the voice of the Idaho Latino community. Very on point. <laughs> because yes, right. for one, for like, you know, for one basic fact, we all live in the Treasure Valley. And that the Treasure, you know, the Latino community is all across the state. And and like JJ said, in some districts, especially in East Idaho and Magic Valley, they're, they're 50% of a county, you know. And so it's definitely not what we're trying to do. But again, it's just about trying to elevate um, voices of our community and hopefully provide one, two, three Latino perspectives on some of the events that come up and some of the news breaking, whether it's in the legislature, whether it's something that goes viral again, God forbid, um, or um, anything that, you know, deserves an extra perspective that maybe it's not getting right now. And if we can't, um, if we don't know the answer, we'll probably be able to interview some Latino leaders on the way too that can probably answer a lot of questions that we ourselves can't answer. So we we have... um, treasure chest of Latino leaders here in Idaho Mm -hmm. um, that we we already have plans to invite onto this podcast Mm -hmm. and they're very opinionated yeah this should be pretty pretty interesting (laughs) Um, yeah so every week we're going to try to you know um, either include an interview or interview someone um, on this podcast we'll try to keep it short probably Um, but it'll just kind of see where it goes so I guess this is like a good time to first tell the audience, if you know of anyone you think that we should be interviewing, you should email us. Um, We will put the email attached to this podcast because we don't know it right now. Yeah, the email is latinocardidaho at gmail.com. Sweet. Wait, can you say that one more time? latinocardidaho at gmail.com. So if there's anyone that you think we should interview. Or a topic you want us to talk about. Yes please reach out to us. 
Now that we've introduced the podcast, let's go around and introduce ourselves. Um, my name is Nicole Foy. I am a reporter for the Idaho Press. Um, I cover the Canyon County government and um, Hispanic affairs. So that means that when I'm not attending county commissioner meetings, I'm doing everything I can to write about stories that impact and matter to um, Latinos in the Treasure Valley. And I'm JJ Saldanian. I work with the Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs, and we are a state agency that travels across the state um, gathering data on our Hispanic population. And we host two of the largest um, youth summits in the state, um, hosting over 1,300 students. And I'm Rebecca DeLeon. I am a recovering journalist in Idaho. Um, I currently work for Casa de Esperanza's National Latino Network. Uh, It is a national nonprofit organization based in St. Paul, Minnesota. Our mission is to work against domestic and sexual violence, specifically within the Latino community across the country. Um, But I work remotely, so I work out of Idaho. So now this is the point where we get to say something super catchy and fun. It better be at the, awesome. at the end so that everyone instantly, like, boom, hits subscribe. <laughs> so, like, no pressure. You go, Rebecca. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've got nothing. <laughs> we need to make it really snazzy. And so snazzy uh, makes me think of JJ. So yeah. that means that JJ what? needs to come up with something. Aren't you the diva of this podcast? Well, I can't deny that. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer Devil. Self. Sorry. Sorry, Devex. Devex. Okay. I'm so nervous. <laughs> okay. Okay.